Into the 4 o'clock hour, we roll. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby, Chris out in Reno. Uh, you know, Logan, Reno, the same, we're the same exact colors. And so they do. I, I often have to hesitate. But Chris is in Reno. Do I get to go to the hot spots or what? You do, man. You get Albuquerque last week. <laughs> <laughs> to the Kirk. To the Kirk. And Maybe then, one of these days the Aztecs will switch conferences. And then you're stopping where on the way Just from on the way from uh, Reno? You, your next stop is where? San Jose. As we said, all of the hot spots. All uh, of you're the hot you're spots. hitting them. Uh, Chris versus the fan on the way. You have a chance to be qualified, not for one, but for two prizes. Not one. But two. Scraby, give us the give us those prizes, man. Okay. The first one is our usual prize of a two night stay at La- Westgate Las Vegas. If you win, you qualify for this, including a spa treatment at Serenity Spa and Diner or Dinner, not Diner, at Edge Steakhouse. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino features newly designed premier rooms, part of their seventy million dollar room renovations, home of legendary Vegas fun. Now, here's the other one that you can qualify for. And this is this this is, you know, for folks out there like Julie. This, oh, yeah. this is this is where you want to be right here. Absolutely. At uh we're going to be giving if you win, you're going to get a pair of tickets to a Padres spring training game at the Peoria Sports Complex, and you're also going to be qualified for a grand prize. Two tickets to the Padres spring training game, a $500 Southwest gift card to get you there, and a $500 Visa gift card to find a place to stay. Go to PeoriaSportsComplex.com for tickets and info. So, you know, another way you can get into that beautiful Petco Park is simply by... Or Peoria. Or Peoria, yeah. right? Is to Because we will have those type of prizes all year long. All year long. So, you know, that's another shot for you to get. We also have another prize for later. So oh. keep yeah keep keep up your 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 hopes up out there everybody. All right. Well, without further ado, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said it. Hey Scraby, have you been able to call the uh, Wall family and check in on John Wall to make sure he's okay this afternoon? You know, Mrs. I know Wall so concerned about him late earlier. Yeah, Mrs. Wall didn't get back to me. So all right, let's she go ahead and get to Chris versus the fan. If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human almanac himself, howdy do. Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize. Well, I hope you know Jen for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. The rules of today in the game are you have to make it through three questions. Each question will get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get it wrong and Chris gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Chris gets it wrong, then you move on to the next question or you win. And Chris versus the fans today is sponsored by Smart and Final. The fridge is packed thanks to Smart and Final's big game deals. Smart and Final, one trip and that's it. I like that. One trip and that's it. And that's it. All right, Scrape, calm down. Man. Sorry. Let's get to some Chris versus the fan. Our first contestant, we're going to go out to San Marcos. Cooper, mm. welcome to the show, Cooper. Oh, I was just calling to see if you guys knew who was going to officiate the Super Bowl. Oh. oh, oh! I know what you're doing here. I know what you're doing here. Carl Jeffers is going to. And we, we'll talk about him in three straight segments here coming up later. Cooper, you know what? That's a good call. You don't even have to play, man, if you don't want to. But you, you have the option to if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. No, no I, call, I, I, I just threw a joke out 
looking. He just wanted to get. He just wanted to get that off. Thanks, Cooper. That was good, Cooper. I got. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. Give you some credit. All right, let's go out to El Cajon. How about Dan? Dan, welcome to the show. Dan, the man. Hey, I'm first up. Right on. Right on. Here we go. Here we go. First question. Scravy got cute with his questions today, so this question is going to be given as if I, me... Your first person asking. Yes, first person asking. I was the first running back to rush for 2,000 yards in the season. I was a bad man. Nine of my 11 seasons were in cold, old Buffalo. Who am I? That's the uh, Orenthal J. Simpson. Yes. <laughs> Gave interesting, his, you he look, gave his government name. On yeah, that it, bad interesting. Boy. You said he was a bad man. I mean, what are we talking about? No Tony? pun intended. He's Here a bad man go. on the football field. Question that said no pun intended. I watched it, watched it live as a little kid. All right, here we go. Oh, Question wow. number two. What Padre great, believe it or not, not named Tony Gwynn, holds the Padre record for consecutive games with a hit? Benito we got wow. ourselves a player, here, ladies and gentlemen. That, yeah, nice work. That's good stuff. We're going to question number three. I'm going right. to check out of the hotel, man. This guy's putting me out of business. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the first manager in the history to be ejected in a World Series game? I will have to say, oh, man, uh, Whitey Herzog. Whitey Herzog. <clears throat> Hang on. Stay Dan, there. let's see if Ello knows this one. I don't. Whoa. I don't. I don't. That doesn't I'm just mean I'm going to have to make a guess. I, mean, I don't. Been a I million... don't. Correct answer. Yeah, well, there's been a million World Series. I mean, this could have happened back in 1925, for all I know. Um, I'm trying to read into Scraby's mind, and I'm trying to come up with a name of a manager that would he would find interesting. So I'll go with Earl Weaver. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know me way right. too well. <laughs> no way, you know me way too well. I'm sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. Oh, that Earl is Weaver. such bad luck for Dan. He, yeah, Scraby loves Earl Weaver now that I showed him clips of him getting <laughs> I, thrown I out I saw of I saw his name on a question. I was like, gotta put Earl in there. Yeah, Earl yeah. was a Earl was a umpire's nightmare. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Earl, <laughs> you're bleeping, <laughs> they, they bleep, bleep, bleep. They all knew it too. As soon as he came out, that's why yeah. he said Earl. Earl. All right, <laughs> let's go to our next contestant. We'll go out to Spring Valley. Chris, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? What's up, Chris? Here we hey, go. Chris. First question. What's up? Hmm. Who was the first quarterback to throw for 5,000 yards in a season? Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner. Mm. Freight straight from the grocery store. No, that is incorrect. Straight from the grocery store. Hello for the steal. Um, I think it was my guy, Dan yeah. Marino. Yep, 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 yep. Dan Marino, Sorry, Chris. it is. Sorry, Chris. We move to another Chris. Don't know where you are, though, Chris, so I'll just welcome you. How are you, Chris? Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. First question. Bro. 
What is the official term for a walk in baseball? Oh, man. Official term. Ah. He just swore, so. Oh, he did? Yeah. I didn't have... I didn't have the good fortune of hearing it. Oh, really? Did you hear it? Sorry? Hey, okay, yeah. good. I dumped it. So sorry, sorry Chris. Chris, uh, sorry, Chris. We gotta let you go. We know you didn't do it on purpose, man. But we got rules here, and none of us have yeah. pockets deep enough to no. deal with the. Uh, who, who, <laughs> no, we don't. What's the name of the uh, spot? FCC. Again? Do you want me to answer the question, Scraby, or do you want to save it for another contestant? Let's save it for another okay. contestant. All right. All right. All right. We gotta wait a second though, as the uh, delay you builds let again. The ten seconds build up. Scrape's not comfortable going back you know, on the air. You mentioned Kurt Warner, Scraby, and uh, I saw an interesting stat today. Kurt Warner is the last player to be MVP during the regular season and win the Super Bowl mm. in the same year. Wow, that, that was is 1999. interesting. Patrick Mahomes very well could be the MVP when they named the award winner tonight, and then, of course, he could is win that the tonight? Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, the honors award show is tonight. I love this. So. Sports is, is coming to come into play this week. Yeah, they really yeah, are. After, a lot of after leaving right us now. hanging all last week, they, it, has come, <laughs> it, it has come to they play. They could have mixed some of this stuff in last week. It wouldn't have hurt my uh, feelings any. All right, let's jump back into the game. And I want to remind our callers, I know you guys get super competitive about this game, but don't curse. Yep. We don't want to pay the fine. Yep. All right. I won't have a job. Yeah, it's Gravy might not be here, and you guys know how much you guys love that guy over there. <laughs> okay. Let's go to our next contestant, Bernice. Bernice, oh, welcome to the show. Bernice. I love Bernice. She's a huge Hi. fan. Hey, how hey, are you, Bernice? Hi, guys. I've talked to you in a long time. I know, I know. I'm happy that you called in. Here we go. Let's get to the first question. Okay. I'll re-ask the question again. What is the official term for a walk in baseball? Base on balls. There we go. Nice, Nice Bernice. Nice. (laughs) On to question number two. What Padre closer has the team record for most consecutive saves with 1 5 15? Trevor Hoffman? Trevor Hoffman is correct, Bernice! I'm telling you right now that if Bernice wins, I'm going to be very happy because Bernice uh, has wanted to win for a while. All right, Bernice, here we go. Good, good listener to this show. Question number three. In last year's Super Bowl halftime show, there were four main headliners. Name me three of the four. Ooh. Dr. Dre, 50 Cent. And oh shoot, Snoop Dogg. Say that last one. Snoop Dogg. Eminem. She said both of them. She said Snoop Dogg and Eminem. So we got all four. She got it, man. But wow, Bernice, that was awesome. Congratulations, Bernice. Stay on the line. Scraby will take care of you. Now, before anybody comes at me and says Tracy Stone wasn't a headliner. He was there. He did start the entire thing. It didn't so. matter. She said Dr. Dre, Eminem, Eminem Snoop Dogg, 
And Fitty yeah, Sims. The only person she left out was Kendrick Lamar, right? She and left Mary, out Kendrick Mary and Mary J. Yeah, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, but nice, she did a great nice job. Nice job, Bernice. Yeah, stay there, Bernice. Oh, I don't like you. the excitement she had, too. Oh, of course. Too. She's been wanting to win for a long time. Well, she is at yeah, least qualified. Yeah. She hasn't necessarily... She's won, no, true. She's won this contest. But she qualifies for the prize. No, she wanted to win Chris vs. the Face, oh, so well, she did do that. Check that out. Check that box then. Yeah, so nice let me tell you something, guys. I mean, you, you you guys may not be quite aware of this, but winning Chris vs. the Fans is quite a feather in people's cap. <laughs> <out there. laughs> he's, he's he's joking, but he's also telling the truth. You don't know how many people constantly come up to Chris and say, "Oh, I got you that one time," and sometimes yeah. they're telling oh, yeah. the truth, sometimes they're not. But it's yeah. clearly a feather in the cap. Oh, yeah, because everybody I've ever met has beaten me in Chris versus the fans. <laughs> it's really hilarious. It never failed. You know, Chris, I'm 10-0 and 0 against you. 10-0, <laughs> I know. They give the record. What's your, what's your name? Frank. That's, that's I don't ex- know a Frank that's, that's won 10 times. That's exactly what they do. They give. They don't say, I've beaten you. They give you the record. Well, uh, Chris, I'm 2-6 I'm and six against you. I'm uh, just looking to change my fortune <laughs> next time I call. <laughs> It's quite hilarious. Two and six means you've actually won the game twice, which is pretty hard for me to believe. Because not very many people have won more than a handful of times. But anyway. And and, and trust me, Chris, in his competitive side, would remember those who had beat him on multiple occasions. I promise you he would remember. I probably would. Look, I I really enjoy the game. I think it's a great – how long have we honestly been doing it? Like two and a half years now? Shout out to Scraby for continuing to come up with Two and a half years? Have we been doing it since day one? No, it's not been day one, but we're almost at five years. Scraby felt disrespected by Uh, the two and a half years. We were almost at five years for the show. I mean, that's a year and a half worth of questions that you're not giving me credit for. (laughs) And all the the anxiety that has been pumped through my body over the years with this question. Can you tell that he has anxiety just talking about the the subject here? Yeah, but I think it's... I have, but that's a year and a half of correct answers that I didn't give myself credit for. So, yeah, yeah. So he, he took credit away from you. He took credit away from himself. Feels feels yeah. pretty even handed to me. That's <laughs> great. Fine. Let's get to. But yes, yeah, so, well, to answer Chris's question, it's been around four years since we started this game. Hasn't got no. stale either. No. So surprisingly, surprisingly. Thought this was going to be like a one year and done game. Although Scraby has tried to quit on many occasions from writing these questions. Yeah, I've, I've gotten over that because I've actually started to enjoy the question well, writing process. That, not only that, we've had a bunch of people like. Send, we had uh, Mrs. Musgrove send us a, a uh, I, book yeah. of questions oh, yeah. that we will lean into every now and then. Yeah, uh, I bought a book of questions. Scraby got into it, bought a book. Richie B nine has given me some great questions. Yeah, you guys have you guys have certainly allowed this game to last for sure a lot longer. All right, let's get to break. When we come back, Jim Trotter is going at Roger Goodell's head once again <laughs> in almost an identical way. No, not almost. In an identical way. We'll explain when we come back. Here's some traffic. 421 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby. Just finished a bang-up Chris versus the fan. Um, that was fun. It's crazy, Scraby. I got to tell you, I got I to share something with you guys. Please. You know, it's been been quite a couple of days here at the hotel in, the, in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> yes, it has. I just had a... My roommate, KB, terrific young guy, goes to San Diego State. He's a student graduate assistant for the team. And I love hanging out with him. But over the last 45 minutes, guys, he just laid down no more than five feet away from us and took a nap. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know about you, Tony, but that's a little unnerving to be doing <laughs> what you think is an interesting radio show <laughs> and have some guy five feet away from you sleeping. Oh, what does that tell us about our show? <laughs> that's a great point. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. That is a little unnerving. Maybe he was just tired, but, you know, I'm just I'm just saying. That's a... That's really some talent, honestly, to, to be able to yeah. fall asleep with a radio show going on. Yeah, because that's not some, yeah. that's not soft that's not a soft spoken thing right there. Like Chris no. is probably yelling into his mic. And yeah, my man Jay, what's his name again? KB. KB. My man KB is just t- catching some Z's while we're in the middle of our show. <laughs> yeah. He needed an alarm. He needed an alarm to wake himself up to make sure that we get down to the bus on time. That's how deep of a sleep he was in. Man, oh, man. Uh, all right, Scrabe. Uh, Jim Trotter yeah. has been keeping the pressure on Roger Goodell in terms of people of color in the executive roles. Mm-hmm. He asked him last year. Let's play that. All right, here it is. Hey, Roger. Uh, Jim Trotter. The question is more for the owners, but also for you. And since they're not here, I'll ask you, as I always say, Um, In your initial statement, the league's initial statement, it said that diversity, equity, and inclusion were core principles of the NFL. And I need to provide some some context before I can ask you about that statement. In the 100-plus year history of this league, 24 of the 32 franchises have either had one black head coach or no black, excuse me, no black head coaches. And to make sure I get the names right, I'll read them off here. We've got the Bills, the Commanders, the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Panthers, the Patriots, the Rams, the Ravens, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Titans, who have never had a blackhead coach. That's nearly half the league. We look at the fact that there's never been a majority black owner. There's only been one black club president. We look at the GMs. Now we're up to seven. Five of those were hired in the last 12 months. We're now at three blackhead coaches, two of whom were hi- hired after Brian Flores uh, filed his lawsuit. So it's easy to focus on the owners here, but I want to put this to you here. When we look at the league office, of the top 11 executives there, there are only two people of color. When we look at NFL Media Group, where I work, there is not one black person at the senior level in the newsroom um, who makes decisions about a league whose player population is 70% black. So as a member of the media group and as a black man, I ask, why does the NFL and its owners have such a difficult time at the highest levels hiring black people into decision-making positions? So that was his question last year. And Roger Goodell went on Wait, to Wait, that was last year? That was last year. There, yes, Can there I is a reason for us about to do this. Yeah, I know, but I just want to point out how – how much research Mr. Trotter does before he just throws a question out there? Yeah, he had his facts straight. This is why he's one of the best at what he does. Yeah, no doubt. I would be like, I think it was uh, yeah, three you, head come, coaches. When, when you coming with that type of question, you, you got to be you ready. You have your eyes dotted and your T's crossed. All right, so Jim yeah. Trotter, he was uh, at the Super Bowl Roger Goodell press conference, and here is what he said or asked yesterday. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. All we hear is Chris. Here we go. I'm not doing anything. Uh, Jim Trotter, NFL Media. Um, You and other league officials have said that the league's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion extend beyond the sidelines and beyond the front offices. And 
is applied to all aspects of the company. I've worked at NFL Media for five years. During those five years, we have never had a black person in senior management in our newsroom. That's a problem because we cover a league who, according to league data, the player population is 60 to 70 percent black, which means that there is no one who looks like these players at the table when decisions are being made about how they are covered. More concerning is that for a year plus now, we have never had a full-time black employee on the news desk, which again is a problem because we cover a league whose player population is 60 to 70 percent black, according to league data. I asked you about these things last year, and what you told me is that the league had fallen short and you were going to review all of your policies and practices to try and improve this. And yet a year later, nothing has changed. You know, James Baldwin once said that I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. And so I would ask you as an employee, when are we in the newsroom going to have a black person in senior management? And when will we have a full-time black employee on the news desk? Well, Jim, um, I am not in charge of the newsroom. Um, so I, what I think the... the can I answer your question? As you point out, it's the same question you asked last year. And we did go back, and we have reviewed everything we've been doing across the league. And we are looking at everything from vendors that we're working with to partners that we're working with to ownership where we've seen. And so that was Jim Trotter yesterday, basically asking the same question, but this time, Coming from the top rope onto Roger Goodell because that was uncomfortable but necessary. Let, let me say, aside, let's put the, the subject aside for a second. That is how you have checks and balances. Keep in mind, Jim Trotter is an employee of the NFL. He's asking his boss and he's right there. basically putting the screws. It's journalism. This is what journalism should look like, right? This is how questions should be asked of folks in high positions. And that is how you actually get things done is by the the questions being presented with facts and and research behind it. Chris, that was really a, a bang up job of of doing what Jim Trotter does best. I mean that was that was at the top. Well, I think anybody who just listened to that knows why I've always, you know, just loved Jim Trotter and respected him uh, ever since knowing him way back in the day when he covered the hockey team, the Gulls here in San Diego. But the, the thing that this points out, and I'm going to leave the subject matter aside for the moment, is the fact that what Jim Trotter is doing here is what the media was originally yes, yes. intended for. Yes. The media, believe it or not, people, was not intended to give you TMZ stories on what Kim Kardashian is wearing to a dinner. So true. That was not what the media was originally intended for. The media was intended to be a checks and balances type system to make sure that the people in power, the people in charge, were doing things properly. And I, I just I can't. I can't overstate how amazing you know Jim Trotter is for continuing to hold the commissioner's feet to the fire. I don't think there's an easy answer to his question. No. I think if there was an easier answer to his question, I think Roger Goodell would honestly want to get, get right it to started it. to take, get it taken care of right. because he doesn't want to have to hem and haw. And I mean, these questions make him look awful. Uh, he doesn't want to look awful, but he's got a, he's got a bunch of owners that are lily white and have been for over a hundred years. So, 
I, I, the commissioner has to has to take some of the blame. He's in the position. He's he's drawn a huge paycheck to to represent this owner these owners out there. But bottom line is, you know, until we get some black ownership, this is going to be a problem. And I don't know how to go about you know, getting black ownership, you know, to basically infiltrate a good old boys club. I think that, you know, again, subject matter aside, that we played that because of what you said. Like, that is how you hold feet to the fire of people in power there. And he's not even talking about owners in this year's one. He's talking about within the NFL, you know, media system in itself. And so, yeah, that was uh, it was an excellent job there by Jim Trotter. Um, that's why he is is you know regarded as one of the best in, in in not only his business but in really the business in itself. All right, let's step away. Let's get to break. When we come back, the Big Five is up next. Chris, I believe we have to let you go, man. You got to get ready for a game tonight. Oh, so soon? I do have a game. I'm sorry, Scary. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of this hotel if it's if it's safe to do so. That's true. And uh, go go cover the basketball game tonight. But I will be back with you for a full four hours tomorrow, guys. So all right, we'll be ready to go tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. Have a good night, Chris. Bring us a win. Thanks. Okay. All right, uh, let's get to break. Big five on the way. More Gwen and Chris. Four thirty-eight on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scravey, uh, Gwynn and Chris. Gwynn and Chris. No, I was going to say Chris Ello off to the arena. Yeah, actually, he's still about seven minutes away from bus departure. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> as long as he's okay to get to downstairs without any problems. Because if you were with us earlier, Chris had a very loud announcement happen in his hotel room. And it was very scary. Because I didn't live in, like, the 50s. Mm. But I imagine when, like, there was a threat of, like, nuclear. Oh, man. The sirens. The sirens. Like, that felt like what Chris was going through with that announcement in, in his room. Like, I could feel him didn't being even nervous. Know, he didn't even know there was a speaker for an outside voice to come inside. <laughs> it's true. I didn't know that either, honestly. But... There is that. And so, yeah, Chris will be back on the show tomorrow. We're going to be at La Costa Canyon tomorrow broadcasting. Big game. Before LCC and TP take each other on. Rivals, bitter rivals, I must say. And Story Pines, for that matter, have always been solid hoop programs here in San Diego. Um, Good to know. They have. I I know know about LCC. As long back as I can remember, they both were solid programs. And Tor- sometimes Tory has been even better than solid. Same with LaCosta. So head-to-head matchup tomorrow. We'll uh, take you up to now the hour before tip-off. They tip off at 7, right? They tip off at 7. Uh, but if you want to come see the game, please do. Make sure that you come and cheer those guys on. We're just trying to get more awareness for high school athletics. Yeah, high school athletic, particularly for us, consider baseball takes up a chunk of the calendar, uh, usually playoff football, uh, basketball as that season comes around. We're hoping to maybe make presence a little bit bigger, um, you know, as the years go on. So, uh, with that being said, we got a big five headed your way. Before we do so, let's check a little traffic. 
It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Log in and listen to 97.3 The Fan on the Odyssey app or on 97.3TheFanSD.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets to Coldplay's sold-out show at Snapdragon Stadium on September 27th. Every hour you listen now through February 19th equals one entry in the contest. So make sure you are doing that. Now, number five. Let's get into it. If you think baseball writers can't wait for spring training to start, look no further than what I'm about to bring bring you. MLB.com listed each team's nastiest pitch, and of course I went and saw what the Padres had. You know, in my mind when I clicked on it, I thought, you know, you have you Darvish's pitches, m- many pitches, Joe Musgrove's slider, Robert Suarez's fastball, and the one that MLB.com chose as the Padres' best pitch on the team, and that would be Josh Hader's sinker. Hater, they're citing Hater putting on a display in the postseason, hitting triple digits for the first time in his career and doing it six times, including a 100-mile-an-hour strikeout of the Phillies' Alec Bohm in the NLCS. So, Tony, who would get your number one pitch on the Padres? In terms of what? Stuff. They, they went through like every spe- team. A specific pitch for Josh Hader's one person who sinker. has the number one pitch. That, they chose Josh Hader's sinker. That's a really good question. You go first. <laughs> Me? Um, I can't disagree with Josh Hader's sinker because we saw what it could do. But I will say, I do love it, and this is not going to qualify as the best pitch on the team. I do love it when when you uh, Darvish throws the 58-mile-an-hour EFIS or curveball or something like that because it fools the guys every time. But I'm going to go with Josh Hader's sinker just because it's nasty and you know, we saw it. You know, it's funny. I haven't used this research tool since the playoff game. Really? And it has a lot of good stuff on there. Um, it probably... <laughs> There's just so many guys who throw hard. And quite frankly, I don't remember haters. I remember it being hard, but I don't remember it like sinking crazy. I I would venture to say that it's you Darvish's cutter. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I mean, well, out of his 27 pitches his, that he has. And, I, and it's not a pitch that he gets a ton of strikeouts, but he uses it often and if it's not setting up some, it's it's the most unique cutter I think in baseball because of, of how much it moves. Most cutters, we're talking inches. His cutter can sometimes move like a foot. It seems like so. Uh, just to be different, I'll say you Darvish's cutter. You Darvish's cutter. What about Joe Musgrove's slider? That thing can be nasty when he gets it going. It can. There's a lot of nasty nastiness out there. There is a lot of nastiness out there. So <laughs> that was a. If you want to go see that article, go to MLB.com. It has every single team. So I don't know who got the task of doing that, but good on them for finishing the article. That would have been a tough one. Number four. The NFL scouting combine is coming up at the end of February, but the NFLPA is over it. They think the combine is not good for the players, and they 
mentioned a few things. The DeMore- NFLPA said this? Yes. This? Okay. Yes. DeMore Smith said, quote, think about it. The NCAA and the NFL structure a combine during what should be every football player's what? Last semester in college. Who decided that it was a good idea to take your son and have him exclusively try out for the NFL's exclusive way of getting into the league for the most part, unless you're a free agent player? You have to be invited to the combine, end quote. He also said the extensive medical evaluations are designed for one thing only, and that is to devalue the draft value of a player because they'll find issues with you and your body. So I'm up first. Do you think the NFL combine actually hurts players? Well, first off, I want to say that don't 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 tell me about this whole they're they're in their last semester of school because you don't go to school you do go to school in college. Careful. You're Careful. right. You do go to school in college, but it's not your first thing for most of those guys. Oh, is that right? If you're invited to the combine, I don't know that these guys are getting their doctorates or whatever. Is that right? PhDs while they're going to the combine. I you know you should be like Jim Trotter if you're going to bring up. You're right. I like actually that. just thought about Jim Trotter as you said that. <laughs> I, and I didn't bring up a stat. I, I'm just thinking. You I, said that most guys I, are not getting their degrees or their, what was the other word? I didn't you, say not getting their degrees. I, doctorates or PhDs. Oh, I'm sorry. Doctorates or PhDs. You're right. Nobody. There are people who go to school right now who don't get their doctorate or their PhD. But I don't like using school as a reason why the combine doesn't work. You could have just said that. I should have. Jeez. I'm learning please, the ways. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Um, but does it hurt players? I think it hurts some players, but other players, I think it helps because it, it lets these teams know exactly what they can do. But for some players, I think it hurts some. I don't, uh, Tony, does the combine hurt players? Uh, no, I don't think it hurts players. Um, uh, I will say that the NFL has brought this upon themselves. All of the ridiculous questions that yeah. got leaked. Yeah, seriously. Uh, those are the type of things that have led to this temperature that we have now You're right. with the draft. I believe one of those questions was sexual preference. 100%. 100%. And you can't ask that. And so if I, I don't recall this there being this, this kind of talk until those type of incidents started to happen and started to happen more frequently. It was yeah. like there was like a three, four year period where somebody was leaking those type of questions that were asked and I just think it, it, it has changed the temperature on how uh, people feel about the combine. Yeah, they shouldn't have to answer some of the questions that I've seen them ask. But for some, you know, for as much as it might be frowned upon for some, for others, they've been able to slide up some rounds and, and, and make a few extra dollars. Exactly. Not a few extra dollars, a bunch of extra dollars uh, by going to the combine. So. There's there's some good, there's some bad. The question is, does the good is it good enough to outweigh the negatives on there? I agree with you. I don't like them using the school element of it. They just don't like putting everybody in the same. Okay. I I do I do learn the hard way. We've all we all know this. Everybody <laughs> listening knows this. <laughs> Number three, Dodgers pitcher Alex Vesia led the league in what Tony last year? What do you think he led the league in? It's not what you think, but... Who is this? Alex Vesia? Yeah. Probably taking forever to throw the baseball. Thank you. He led the Dude. league in the amount Alex. of time between pitches last season, coming in at 24.6 seconds per pitch. Alex is a San Diegan, first oh. and foremost. Well, hello. All right, so he gets that. But, man, watching my <laughs> man walk around the mound, getting himself ready, 
And you know the funny thing is, he's a guy I'm pretty sure has pitched with a pitch clock in the minor leagues. He's only been oh. up the last, what, two, two and a half, three years maybe? Maybe. I mean, he he's actually talking about it. This is why I bring it up. Because at FanFest, he was asked about the pitch clock, knowing that he's the slowest pitcher in baseball between pitches. And he said, I think the biggest concern is being able to do my routine, mm. go behind the mound, rub the ball, and kind of reset myself and go. My God. If it has to be a little bit quicker, a little bit quicker. It's got to be a lot of bit quicker. Well, no, well he, depending on if he's on base. when he comes yeah. in sometimes, there's guys on base, so he gets a little more time. He gets 20 seconds, 15 if there's no guys on base. But and he's uh, at 24? 24.6. He said he's not worried about it. Uh, my question to you, Tony, will the pitch clock be smooth, or is it going to be a disaster in the beginning? It won't be a disaster. There might be a ton of... I think, I think there's going to be a ton of arguments. That might be true, but it won't be a disaster. Um... I'm pulling up pinch tempo right now. Oh, yeah? Because uh, uh, <laughs> I know you guys used to talk about the Cardinals guy. It changed, right? Because he was uh, the slowest. Gallegos yes, was yes. the slowest. That changed. By the end of the year, I think Kenley might have been the slowest. And I get why during the year it gets a little bit longer because the game has become more important. But 24.6 seconds in between pitches is, I mean, that's that's a long inning right there. But yeah, no doubt. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Alex Vessia says he's not worried about it. So I think that there's going to be a lot of arguments. I think that there's going to be some ejections on here. Before they only had pitchers, now they have hitters too. And how long they take? Oh, who's the longest on first glance? Man, I gotta click the. Oh, the oh reverse, I will tell you. Reverse I will, one. I will tell you. Jock Peterson. Guy takes forever. No. Christian Vasquez. Oh, really? 22.8. J.D. Martinez, 22. That's a long time. That's what do you... base is empty. Okay. Base is loaded. Or base runners is on. runners on. The highest is 20 seconds. All right. That's still a long oh, excuse time. Excuse me. That's the shortest. The shortest? Yes. With okay. R- with runners on base. Everything changes with runners yeah, get on for base. for sure. So. Number two. Now... Damar Hamlin has made an incredible recovery since that Monday night in Cincinnati, but Hamlin now has the belief of the NFL Players Association's medical director that he will eventually play NFL football again, something that pretty much seemed unfathomable about five weeks ago. Dr. Tom Meyer, the medical director for the NFLPA, said on Sirius XM, quote, I guarantee you that Damar Hamlin will play professional football again. Hamlin Hamlin participated in the 2023 NFLPA Awards at the Super Bowl festivities last night, winning the Alan Page Community Award and walking onto the stage to personally accept the honor. I hope all you conspiracy theorists out there that said he's not alive. Took the words right out of my mouth. Please. I mean, he's he's made multiple appearances at this point, and people are still trying to push that. But um, he, he personally accepted the honor. I'm up first. Will you be nervous to watch him play? Absolutely, yes. I will. Yes. Even though the doctors say it's all good, like it was a freak uh, accident and his heart's going to be fine, it still makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm going to need to see like a few Chest collisions, few collisions <laughs> before I'm like not watching him after the tackle yeah. for the for the entire time. I remember watching Justin Herbert with those broken ribs earlier in the year and that one play where he couldn't throw it and I was like feeling bad for him then. I can't even imagine what Dar- DeMar Hamlin would feel like. That's not even close to the same thing. We watched a dude who was basically lifeless on the field. I am it's, it's going to I'll be watching him live real quick. 
I was talking about this. So on my on this baseball savant that I, I have, it does pitch tempo, which is different than pitch timer. Pitch tempo mm. is the time between pitch release. So they start the clock as soon as the pitcher releases the previous pitch and the ending it when the pitcher releases the next pitch. Oh, wow. Pitch timer is different. Pitcher receives... Or it starts when the pitcher receives the return throw from the catcher okay. and ends once the pitcher starts his delivery. So that's why they were mm. bigger numbers. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Man, how, how do they keep track of all these they've stats? Been, they've been prank, they've been preparing this last year. They so better so, be. So they they're ready. We all know about the pitch the pitch clock five thousand that people are going to be running. <laughs> <laughs> the score table. The score is table. Yes. 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 All right. Number one. Uh, Don Staley is not here for Gino Ariema's criticism. The head coach of South Carolina, Don Staley, said that about the head coach of the University of Connecticut. Um, Ariema called out the student body, apparently, for... Wait, no, sorry. He called out. He called out. I'm reading this. uh, I forgot to prepare this. Ah. I'm just going to be honest. I put the link in there, so I'm trying to read it right now. It says... Uh, Ariama called them out after the game for apparently leaving bruises on Husky star Lou Lopez Senecal's body, calling out South Carolina. Ariama said, quote, I didn't say anything for a long, long, long time, and I just felt like you want me to bring Lou in and see the bruises? It's just appalling what teams do to her now. It's not basketball anymore. It's not basketball anymore. So what is the problem? Staley addressed him on her radio show last uh, Tuesday night. She said they play the right way and approach it the right way, whether they win or lose. We She's don't... talking about her players. Oh, gosh. Go this is what happens. When... Go ahead. Just keep we going. don't denounce anybody's play. They are always uplifting the game of women's basketball. And when we are, were getting our heads beat in by UConn for all those years, I said nothing. So basically, what it comes down to is Don Staley's over, Gino Ariema, holding his program in such high regard. Tony, is it time for Gino to go? <laughs> no, it's not time for Gino to go. But Gino's a sore loser. He's oh, not, yeah. He's not a good loser at all. Oh, it yeah. seems like every time, in the rare occasion that UConn gets beat, uh, there's usually something like this that comes that follows it. And so, in this case, Don Staley wasn't having it. Not gonna, and he would later say that he was talking about the rest, but you read the you read the quote he said. He said something along the lines of, what they're doing is not basketball anymore. So, yeah, you might be directing it towards the referees, but you're talking about the South Carolina players, who happen to be the number one team in the nation, and who happen to to beat mm. you guys. I wonder why he's game. so angry. Mm. Mm. We'll see. That's what happens. There's your big five for the day. No carryover, unfortunately. No, we made it through. We moved to the five o'clock hour. We'll reset this bad boy when we return.